You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning and welcome back. I am Heather Caro. I am your host this morning, broadcasting from the box room here in uh, the Mustard Seed in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we're moving right along. Second hour has already begun, and we're starting off with Eric Gallagher. Good morning, Eric. Good morning. How are you? It's very good. I was telling you just before we started, like, things are different for me now, and it's, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. I really, I don't know, there's a, a pace that I'm kind of finding and a routine, and just being able to focus. I don't know, when I was, as many people I know, I, I worked at the diocese until last summer. Yeah, um, worked there a long time. And just the change of pace, like, mm-hmm. that, that building is very busy. It's very, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. It's many, many good things. It was a part of many, many good things. Yes. But I'm definitely someone who likes to focus on a few things and do them really well. Yeah. And that's just a breath of fresh air for me, so... It's really good. Our our family life has changed a lot because my wife's now working full time, mm-hmm. and she's been a stay at home mom until our kids all got into school. Yeah. So now our lives are just very different. Um, so I I like to say I'm this is what I love. This is what I want. But we're still adjusting, and yeah, we flipped roles in the house a little bit, where I'm a little bit more flexible and available. So now you're doing the laundry and the yeah. dishes. <laughs> even even just like well, who's like they have conferences yesterday. Yeah, and she's at the school, and usually it's like well, she's always home, so she just I go to work. She does whatever needs to be done. <laughs> now she goes to work, and I do whatever has to be done. So it's very good. All the stuff I'm doing now is very, it's about a year in, so it's always ministries a slow starts a yeah. lot of times. But So tell people what you're up to these days. So I, I like to say I'm doing a, a lot of different stuff. I break it into three kind of different categories. One is the, uh, I do a lot of like training and coaching for parish ministry stuff. So about once a month, I commit to about once a month, I'll go out and speak somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that between trainings for different dioceses or um, recently I've been leading a lot of retreats for dioceses. Nice. Um, and that's, that's something I really, cause they call me and kind of are, are interested and then I talk them into the retreat stuff. Yeah. And you know what works do, best. You've done it long enough. Yeah. And I think the, the good part is I can, I love the spirituality, the prayer stuff, but I can also understand the ministry stuff. And so mm-hmm. they bring me in to train their ministry people. That's awesome. Um, so it's kind of a unique little area where you just have the examples and experiences you're teaching and, and kind mm-hmm. of leading these opportunities just to relate it well to ministry. Um, the second thing I've been doing, just kind of starting some entrepreneurial projects that I won't say much about now. Um, well, I'll, I'll have to come back on another time. <laughs> yes. But in the next month, we're, we're launching a big project that I'm really excited about that I know I've talked to you about before. But um, I kind of have some more entrepreneurial things. I just have that creative mind. And I want to do a lot of different. I just love projects and new things all the time. Yeah. Thinking um, outside of the box is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. And then my the ministry, the stuff I loved when I did at the diocese was just forming people in prayer, forming them in discernment, um, and providing opportunities for them to, to grow in prayer and, and, and I don't know, learn about it in a different setting or in a different mm-hmm. way. Um, and I did a lot of that kind of work at the diocese, but it was usually kind of like the side gig I did in addition, in addition to all the big things. Right? Yeah, like because your our, main job at the diocese was what? It was about half like parish support of training, like just helping them provide resources and answer calls, help with like sacramental prep stuff, um, for or the going youth. off, yeah, for the youth. Yeah. And then I did, I would lead like the summer camps and the summer missionary program and things like that. 
Um, so I, yeah, all that stuff I kind of did, but what I found within all of that is I just loved talking to people about prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, so then I started developing like these going deep retreats and um, teaching high schoolers really tr- true discernment. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it always just, I don't know, fascinates me that we don't, so many high schoolers are going off into like the most like chaotic kind of like discerning time of their life. And we've given them little direction on how to navigate that. Yeah. Um, so we teach them, you go to mass, go to confession, mm-hmm. like they know the basics, but um, actually having the relational dynamic of prayer that allows the Holy Spirit to guide you day to day in your decisions. Yeah. Um, and so the last about eight years of my time at the diocese, I had grown these going deep retreats where these kids were learning Ignatian spirituality principles nice. and um, stuff about the Holy Spirit and Francis de Sales and all those kinds of things. Because they want so. to learn those things. Um, you know my daughter, she's 20. Yeah. Um, and God love her. She's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you can know all the things about discernment and still be that person that's all over the place. Sometimes it's more of just a personality. It's just like, it's just like from left to right. No, 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 no. Yeah. But the fact that she even knows some of these words and even talks about it and yeah. is thinking about it, whether she follows through all the time, I'm not sure. <laughs> you know? It's funny, my wife would say, Eric, you, you teach this <laughs> stuff all the time, but you have like a hundred ideas an hour and you never know what you want to commit to. Yeah, and, yeah I'm a creative person, <laughs> yeah. but hopefully, but her perception of it is, wow, like you're all over the place. Don't you teach this stuff? Don't you, don't you know what you should be doing? Yeah, yeah. So I, I just think that that has been really valuable because she has participated in things that you have done um, now as a 20-year-old to have that vocabulary and even that thought process. A lot of kids don't even think that way. Yeah, I think, I know for me, I went to college. I grew up in Sisseton, South Dakota, and there was this recruiter guy that came from Northern, and he was just really good at convincing me that I should go to Northern, and that was it. He gave me a little bit of scholarship money, and that was my decision process. (laughs) Like, I didn't... I mean, but also at the same time, we didn't have the internet in the same way, so we couldn't just Google like yeah. all these different. We couldn't find. You just kind of waited for packets to come to your mailbox, and that's mm-hmm. how you kind of decided. So, but I, I really had no idea why I went, except that that was really the only option that hmm. seemed to be in front of me, which I guess is a way of discernment <laughs> if there's really only one choice. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's really powerful when these college students can come and. Because I think a lot of times what you do is you discern something. If you discern it well, then usually what happens is you're, well, you're, you end up doing God's will. Mm-hmm. And then you get into that and the evil one's trying to do everything he can to stop you from doing the Lord's will. Isn't that true? So you end up questioning it. So this happens like anytime I'd help a high schooler discern college, I would say like, you know, it's going to be about November, December, and you're going to start wondering if you made the right choice. Mm. And you're going to have to look back on this day and the confidence you had that this is where the Lord is calling you. Yeah. And the same is true for any big choice, really. It's a job or even marriage. Like, you get into marriage and you hit a point where you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you you question, like, this is really hard. Is is this, did we make it well? Yes. If you discerned it well, then yeah. what that does is it kind of cements you in and you, you just have to have a confidence. Like, Lord, I know this is your will, so show me the way. Like, show me mm-hmm. what's next or why or why these things are happening. Yeah, because the devil is very active in our lives. And to pretend that he's not trying to... Make us second guess ourselves is crazy because yep. he is always. And that's what the discernment principles really <coughs> teach you is there's two voices yes. going on in your heads, and you you need to understand the language and mm-hmm. the just just what is happening and why you feel the way that you do, why mm-hmm. you respond the way that you do. 
um, and just be guided by the right principles and, and how say you yes know right when you're heading the right direction. Yes. Yeah. The yep. feelings you get. Yeah. And that's, I think what high schoolers, even, even adults, when I was doing this with all the young people, and this is really a lot of the ministry that I'm doing now is for years, the parents of these young people would kind of see what we're teaching the kids. Like, when are you going to teach the adults this stuff? <laughs> when are you going to start doing this for the adults? Um, yeah. because they, it's the same thing. Like, can we really have a confidence that we're doing the Lord's will at, in, in our life? And yes, you can. And it's really actually pretty simple. Like I'm not much of a academic. I don't, I don't like, I can, I can teach the basic things and the basic things I teach, I teach really well. Um, but it's not complicated. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of like growing in that confidence of uh, the awareness of the things going on. Having, especially having some good counsel guidance things, like people to help you, a community that supports you. Um, yeah, and just laying the foundation for things in your life. And, and you'll see it, it doesn't make it easier necessarily, but it, I think it simplifies it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Eric Gallagher. Uh, we're talking about all things, really. <laughs> <laughs> focused in basically a lot of things that Eric is doing now. Uh, what is the name of your group? If people wanted to find out more about your group. So the ministry is under the name Sushipe, which I guess is hard to say. If you read it, it's hard it, to spell. If, yeah. If you <laughs> look at it, it doesn't look like Sushipe, right. but it's a Latin word that means receive. Um, and it's spelled S-U-S-C-I-P-E. And Sushipe is the name of the ministry and it's, it's really a ministry again that's that's just encouraging people to create um, the space and and the capacity in their life to be open to receive whatever the Lord has to give them, and that's so whether it's silence, more contemplative life, or just a daily awareness and and the ordinary things that they're doing, um, but just helping them to become more aware of those things and to be open and to receive. And I'll do that primarily through like. Some in-person events, some online formation, um, and then recently we've really kind of doubled down on this um, idea of worship, contemporary kind of praise and worship stuff, mm-hmm. um, which we can talk a little bit more about. But it's really, yeah, it's right now I'm just kind of in a space where I know this is where I want, what I want to do, what I love doing, what the Lord has gifted me to do. And I'm, I'm hopefully modeling, just being open to receive the ways that the Lord wants me to do that. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into more things, uh, something that's going on next weekend that people can be a part of uh, with Eric Gallagher and his group. So stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. The reasonableness of the universe. The more we know of the universe, the more profoundly we are struck by a reason whose ways we can only contemplate with astonishment. In pursuing them, we can see anew that creating intelligence to whom we owe our own reason. Albert Einstein once said that in the laws of nature there is revealed such a superior reason that everything significant which has arisen out of human thought and arrangement is, in comparison with it, the merest empty reflection. We see revealed a powerful reason that holds the universe together. 
and we are penetrating ever deeper into what is smallest, into the cell and into the primordial units of life. Physics and biology and the natural sciences in general have given us a new and unheard of creation account with vast new images which let us recognize the face of the Creator and which make us realize once again that at the very beginning and foundation of all being there is a creating intelligence. The universe is not the product of darkness and unreason. It comes from intelligence, freedom, and from the beauty that is identical with love. Seeing this gives us the courage to keep on living, and it empowers us, comforted thereby, to take upon ourselves the adventure of life. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories, and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And good morning and welcome back. I am Heather Kerr. I'm your host this morning, broadcasting from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I am chatting with Eric Gallagher, um, who is sharing with us all the great things that he is up to. Um, Let's focus the second part on the conference that you have coming up. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so one of the... I I took about a year where I just... I got out of the way at the diocese, basically. That's my my goal was... I'm just not going to... I don't know. When I was a in ministry before the person who was there before me stuck around a little bit and it drove me crazy (laughs) because you're, you're trying, especially as a, I'm such an introvert that it's like, it's hard to make your, make your way. So I, I just kind of said, I, I'm going to take a year. I did some online stuff and online ministry stuff is good. And there's definitely an audience of people who are, who need that. Like Mm -hmm. they just don't have the the ability to get out. And so I've done a lot of stuff and I'll still be doing a lot of that stuff. But the in, in-person ministry stuff is just where my heart is. I just love those spaces where we can grow in prayer together and be together in prayer. Well, and I think that there's something, um, you know, charisms and whatnot. So I'm very much an introvert, and people are always like, but you're on the radio. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. God does it. I don't, whatever. But that's with you. So if you were to meet Eric walking down the street, he's a very quiet gentleman. Yes. And, and people are usually intimidated. They think you're just, you don't like them or whatever, <laughs> but you, you just are not inclined to like engage like, with the person when yeah, you, when you like see just, them. They're just kind of quiet. Yeah. yeah. But then you see Eric at a youth conference and you're a completely different person. Yeah. Is, do you feel like part of that is kind of your charism or? Yeah. I think as an introvert, you like to collect I mean, there's more than just being introverted, but my my Myers-Briggs type stuff is, um, I just like to collect and analyze the data first, and so you like to Mm -hmm. have that time. So when you're given the opportunity to prepare, and you you can see the thing ahead of you, then you're you're more accurate in hitting the targets, because you've, at least from an introvert's perspective, (laughs) like, you're going to do it better because you've, you've taken the time to really think about it, and you're not just saying so many things on a whim yes um and so when i when i'm leading a camp or leading these going deep retreats like this is and especially like this conference 
it's like this is why I like having a small number of things and doing them really well. It's like I've been praying and thinking about this conference daily for six months, really? right? And so I'm I'm just like really looking forward to mm. it because I'm ready and I'm ready because I know the Lord is not going to like He's going to surprise us. Like I, but there's so much space for that to happen. But as far as my role and and what I believe the Lord wants to do in this day, like I am so ready for it. Um, and so to be able to step up and um, lead and like I said, leading worship is a, another big part of it. Like I have a whole worship group that's going to be helping with this, um, and we're ready. Like and and just prayerfully ready too. It's like it's not even just a musicianship thing. It's we we are all so excited about this because. We believe it's a space where the Lord is going to do really cool things. That's always exciting. Yeah. So tell us uh, the name of it and what people can expect. So I am calling. I call it the Emmaus Conference, and it really stuck out to me um, when this first. I, it was in the readings one day, and the thing that just shot out at me was as they were discussing the things that the Lord was doing, He drew in closer to them. Was from the passage. Um, and that just hit me. That That's, Lord, what I want to do. I want us to be in a space where we are very aware of the things that you're doing, and we're sharing in that, and we're discussing that, and we are, we're living in that space, and our intention, our desire is within that, that you would come even closer, that the, the grace would compound in our hearts. And that's where the phrase, we're not our hearts burning within us, right? That's, it just echoes, and it gets bigger and bigger, and, mm. and you just sense the Lord's presence growing in your heart. Um, and so the vision from the very beginning is I want that to happen. Um, and so we call it the Amaze Conference for that reason. And then what I do in my planning when I start to have this vision is I start to say, like, what do I want it to be? What do I not want it to be? Mm-hmm. And the first mm-hmm. two things that kind of came to my mind is I don't want there to be any lengthy or any talks really at all. Um, and I I really don't like small groups personally. <laughs> <laughs> so You're a man after my yes. own heart. <laughs> so I just think there's so many other ways that we can, like, engage and sharing with other people apart from a forced kind of and i say for again i'm an introvert so it's like i don't don't mm-hmm. i don't please don't make me talk yeah other for many people small groups are just the place it's the zone where they thrive well i'm the guy in the corner that's not thriving while you're thriving <laughs> um, and it's good you can thrive there i will find other ways <laughs> so there will be sharing but there it won't be in a sense of like all right we're going to break you up into your tables or in your small groups and you got to go like there will be elements of sharing where the Lord's definitely going to be doing things, but part of the sharing is actually going to be like if you came with your spouse, like go on a walk with your spouse and just talk to them what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, if your spouse is at home, call them <laughs> and talk to them about it. But respond like we want to form you to respond in the ways that are most natural to you um, mm-hmm. and where you can do it more freely. And then as again as we're sharing the things that the Lord would draw in closer. And then the unique thing is there will be four sessions. It starts Friday night. It goes all day Saturday. So there's one session Friday night. There's three on Saturday. Um, and the worship team will just lead in and out of these kind of worshipful, worshipful reflections, prayer opportunities. Beautiful. Um, where the, we'll do some worship to lead into a time of prayer. We'll do some scripture, maybe sit with that scripture for a little bit. And then there will be a very clear, specific kind of spiritual exercise that we'll give throughout each session. Um, and they'll be given some time for silence and worship and things like that as well. Um, and then we'll do that four times, but each one of them will have kind of a little bit of a different flavor. They all, each session has a theme that we'll kind of go through. Um, Mm. but ultimately it's just helping us get to a place where, um, we are deeply aware of and responding to what the Lord is doing in the moments that we didn't, that, that that's reality that exists not only at this conference, but 
always that the Lord is speaking and desiring to give himself to us and is giving himself to us. Hmm. And we just need to be formed better and being able to become aware of that and receive it ourselves. Beautiful. Sounds beautiful. A lot of times you end up going to conferences and you you get information. Just writing yep. down notes, getting information, listening, and it's more of a thought process. It's more on that level. This sounds like... It's a very spiritual weekend. Yeah, I think there's a, when we talk about formation, I know on, like, when you bring on Father Trainer or Chris yeah. Bergwall, like, and I was in that world for many years, like, we yeah. talk about formation. Um, I think it's hard for us to distinguish sometimes between intellectual formation and yes. spiritual formation. Yes. Um, and that there's a, spiritual formation is actual, like, so intellectual formation would be like a growth in your knowledge about God. Yes. Right? And you can read good books and things like that. Um, and learn a lot of really good stuff, but that's different than actually experiencing the love of God um, and growing in that experience. And so spiritual formation actually draws us deeper into that relationship. And you need both. It's, it's holistic, right? We need, mm -hmm. we need the, the intellect as well. Um, but I think it's actually where the gift of this conference comes in, especially in our diocese. Like we have great gifts like Bishop DeGroote and Father Trainer and Chris Bergwald to teach. Because, and they're all excellent teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where I always found my space is like, but I, I want to offer like a, a greater emphasis on this. That's, that's where my role is. Not that they don't do those things, right? We have a very holy bishop yes. that's very spiritually minded um, and I believe does similar things. Um, but that's just where I found my love and my passion is like I, I came into the faith through a deep experience of God as a total ignorance a nearly atheistic person, yeah. <laughs> right? Like I, I wanted nothing to do with God, mm -hmm. but he gave me an experience of his love. And that's what actually inspired me to want to know more about him. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of a flipped version of you can't love what you don't know, right? And, mm -hmm. and they're both true, right? We, we need to fall in love with the person and get to know the person more. Um, but for me, it's, it's kind of the, the backdoor approach sometimes that, that helps, especially people like me who just needed that in the moment. Absolutely. And, and even more now, like I, I find like that's still the way the Lord works in my life is he just kind of sneaks up and kisses me every now and then. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, you are there, Lord. That's awesome. So thinking on different ways of worship, what's your favorite? <clears throat> so I've always, I've always, I grew up. Uh, in high school, I was a musician, and I loved playing music. And once I kind of came into the faith as a sophomore in high school, I found praise and worship music. I was going through a pretty difficult high school childhood as my parents were going through a separation, and it's like just kind of in my high school world was falling apart, basically. Mm -hmm. I really leaned into just being in my room worshiping God with my guitar. And so that's always been a space of prayer for me. Um, and I think it is for a lot of people, and I, I think it's a gift that we we don't tap into enough. Um, but I find two things. One, I think it's hard for Catholics to know where it fits in, right? They want to yeah. argue, does sh we should have contemporary praise and worship at Mass, or and yeah. there's and we, there's all kinds of arguments for whatever. Um, when the Net team was here for the whole year, and I was I was overseeing their work for the year, they did an hour of worship every day, just worship. There was like they literally put like a crucifix like on the TV like oh. and just worship Jesus and at first I was a little it was a little awkward he's like well we're just in this living like we have the Eucharist we have all these incredible things like and we're just gonna worship like we don't you're not you're not gonna go to the church you're not gonna and they would just kind of have this attitude of, we're gonna do this every day wherever we are oh. um, and so they really taught me a beautiful gift of just being able to worship really in any space. Um, 
so I, I think that is, I think one is the church just finding a place to do it and a way to do it. And so I think we're going to not only do it at this conference, but this will be a group that will be doing stuff throughout. Like we'll continue doing things even after mm-hmm. this conference. Um, but I also think in the culture of the, of the praise and worship setting, the stereotypical thing is I, I think it does lack depth sometimes really it does. Like we, we like the music, it's pretty and it helps us to feel good about prayer. Yeah. Um, but it's rarely in my experience has it led to like an invitation or a order towards a deeper formation of prayer. And that's where the sushi based stuff will help you be that bridge is we want to provide that worship and really lead people into worship, but also lead them to a deeper place where you, you're not just like waiting for that next time of worship to like yeah. feel good about prayer. Yeah. We want you to love the Lord and, and have a confidence and a faith and a joy in your relationship with him always. Yeah. So folks that might be interested in, um, coming to the Emmaus conference, where can they go find information? Um, details on that we have the website at amazeconference.com um and there it's pretty well it's laid out with direction this is again kind of our first events and um you can find just some of the details about worship and prayer one thing and it's next friday it's a friday night all day saturday events uh in a, the beautiful saint mary parish uh, del rapids parish nice. hall um, i just love this space it's a comfortable parish hall uh, it's an intimate space uh, and then one other thing I would just mention is Jim Beckman, who's kind of a friend of the diocese in many ways. He's been a kind of a mentor to me and um, kind of a spiritual guide in many ways. He's the one who really formed me in the power of like, I could do ministry strategy, hmm. vision, like I could teach all the stuff. He's the one who really helped me see like the power of like, you need to be a disciple. You need to follow Jesus. Like your prayer, the prayer is the power behind what will happen in your ministry and so he's coming and we're just going to work together to kind of collaborate and lead through this weekend beautiful and that is october 27th through the 28th at saint mary's in del rapids any last words um for those that might be on the fence encouraging them to come if you can even come for part of it my biggest thing is i am just really excited because i i get a sense the lord is doing something really cool with this ministry and i i just love anticipating that and I, I get a sense with these things sometimes and so I'm personally really excited just to go and experience it myself yeah. um, but come and see what the Lord's doing and especially if you're a fan or if you just want to grow in your prayer or just love worship in general um, yeah. just come and rest for a little bit of time this week next beautiful. weekend beautiful Eric thank you so much for joining me this morning I, I will pray for your success of the weekend it sounds like it's going to be wonderful Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, folks, we're going to take another quick break and more Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. God's blessings to all of you. My name is Father Chad Wilhelm, and I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo. And this year I celebrate 25 years of being a priest. And the joy, the great things that I love about the priesthood is the deep relationship that Jesus and I have as speaking heart to heart. He knows the depths of my heart, and He speaks to all of us in the depths of our heart. That's what I enjoy about being a priest, that I get to speak about Jesus, not just on Sundays, but every day of my life, and that I've given my life to Jesus and the Church. What a wonderful grace and a gift 
that has been for me for 25 years and to serve the good people of the Diocese of Fargo, but just to serve the church as a whole. May God continue to bless all of you as you listen to Real Presence Radio. Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Matthew 19, we learn about a servant whose master had just forgiven his debts. Although the servant is grateful for his master's mercy, he is unable to show the same kind of mercy towards his own debtor, even though they owed him an amount that was much smaller. His master moved with compassion for his servant, who never in a thousand years could have repaid his huge debt, forgives all. What life-changing mercy, yet how much more mercy was shown the day Jesus came to the world to set us free from the bondage of sin and death. Through this parable of the forgiven servant, Jesus makes his point crystal clear. Forgive your enemies, family, and friends, because in the measure that we forgive and show mercy, so forgiveness and mercy will be shown us. Jesus has shown us unfathomable mercy. Who in your life needs a little mercy today? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org.